Good morning, everybody. Um, sorry about the quality of that audio there. It's a beautiful song. Um, Jason Upton, God's Got a Reason for Everything. And it's um, Jennifer Renee had played it last night, and it was just absolutely beautiful. So I just felt like, especially then I woke up today and it was raining here in South Carolina. So I was like, oh, well, this will be an app song for today. I'm so happy to see everybody here. Emily, I'm doing well, honey. Um, God woke us up today, so we know he's got a purpose for all of us again. So just trying to use that purpose to glorify him, right? Y'all have got more snow. Wow. Um, yeah, we were, we've got um, a winter weather advisory for the mountains area. So I'm hoping we actually get some, but... It's doubtful. It's still a little too warm for us here. But if y'all want to share those snow pictures, I love them. I absolutely love the snow. It. I think part of the reason I love it is because in Scripture, it talks about how, you know, the lamb was washed as, you know, white as snow. And I think there's a song about, um, about it as well. I can't recall the name of the song right now, but... It just reminds me of how God just gives us this beautiful slate and makes everything the same, you know, no matter. I love the colors, don't get me wrong, and I love I love summer, and I don't like the cold of the winter, but if it's got to be cold, I'd rather have the snow. But it just makes everything, I don't know, it makes it look so clean and fresh. Now, I don't care for the New York snow and all that brown, black stuff, but. When it's white and just fresh blanket, you know, I love to sit there, just watch it with a cup of something hot, usually um, hot cocoa or some coffee or something like that, and just watch it. So today I'm, I'm getting to sit inside and just listen to the rainfall, and it's wonderful. Um, his mercy is new every morning, and it's so beautiful. It's amazing how much he loves us. And, you know, by the grace, you know, he saved us and broke us free from the chains. And, and that's, that's a beautiful thing. Um, we finished up the book of Romans last week and was kind of bouncing around. I wasn't quite sure where to go. And I was praying to father today and about exactly where he wanted us to go after, oh, sorry about that. I don't know what language that was supposed to be. After uh, we finished up Romans and, and from our Bible study that we had on Telegram, we had left off at the end of Leviticus and getting ready to go in Numbers, but I just hadn't felt going into Numbers yet. I hadn't felt like that was it. And I opened up my Bible this morning. And it kept coming to a certain section. So we'll start with that in just a second. But when I'd asked Father, you know, where he wanted us to go and and just, you know, just to learn from and what he was wanting to teach me today and to help uh, teach everyone else. And it's something I'd been praying about. Some of y'all may have seen uh, my comment in the Christ followers room and I had been, you know, I'd been thinking about, you know, pastoring and and where Father wanted to lead me with my gifts and talents that he's given me and trying to decide what that was. And 
I got to thinking about it after praying and had a few others pray. And I really feel like, you know, it's a label, right? A pastor is a label. And, and not that I'm, I'm taking away from any pastors because I definitely am not. But, you know, it's, it's a debatable thing as far as women pastoring because we aren't, you know, scriptures say not to. And Paul talked about that. And it's, it kind of goes back and forth with that. So I, I thought about it and I prayed on it. And what God revealed to me and this is why I say it doesn't pertain to any of the other pastors, is that I don't need that that title or like what um, JW is saying here, that designation. I don't need that designation. And I don't, I don't feel like I should have that designation. That I, you know, I just, I think that Father really wants us to disciple. And that was also when I was going through asking him, he, he led me to that. So I'm going to read something on, discipleship first, but I want to talk about something before we dive in, because I immediately after I'd asked Father where he wanted us to go today was, um, I'll usually search the Christian news and just try to keep up with what's going on and try to share with with y'all, you know, what what I found and, and what I come across was this girl, Chloe Cole. Now, I don't know if Chloe is one that, you know, I don't know if it's a story that the left is or the right is trying to use now to spin um, or what. I don't know, but I am going out on faith here on this and just really taking it for what I saw. And so Chloe Cole, she at 12 years old, she's 18 years old now. And she had trans, uh, transitioned, had a double breast mastectomy. And we are seeing and hearing of a lot of people that this is going on with. And I've got a clip I'm going to share from Tucker. And I hope the audio come out okay. I recorded it. Like I said, I've recorded from one phone to another um, just because I'm on mobile. So I can't do like some can do and be able to share the video um because it's i'm not on a laptop so if y'all bear with me i hope the sound comes out okay but i did find this really good clip from tucker oh did it not there it is okay and this is the story with um miss chloe I went to hold 
happened to me too, but it's also, it didn't only happen to me, that's the worst part. It's happening to children all over the U.S., all over the, all over the, um, all over the West, and it's spreading all over the world, and yes. I want to be able to create a precedent for other people who have been in my situation to find justice themselves. that was so hard to hear i figured out I, well i i could tell some of what i did wrong on the recording there i'll try not to move it and try to get it a little bit closer next time and see if i can get the sound a little bit louder when i'm recording um but it made me think about how um you know they were they're really trying to stop human reproduction, just like with some of the ones that they, you know, they've done hysterectomies on. And it, it's, it's awful, you know, because God give us the ability, you know, he wants us to reproduce and to have, to have children. 
to repopulate and continue populating the world. And they're stopping that um, because like she was saying, you know, now because she had the double mastectomy, she, you know, will not ever be able to breastfeed. And so she's going to be forced to have to do formula, which we all know that that breast is best. Um, and there are cases where some moms aren't able to or have difficulty with it. And, and I don't knock anybody for using formula at all. But I do know that our food industry and the FDA is not for trying to help us. You know, they're trying to harm us with all kinds of crap that's in our foods and things like that. She was 12 years old when they did this to her, um, when she had the double mastectomy. And I'm going to read just, uh, um, well, part of the article had said that the parents were, let me find the quote on here because it was really important um, and, and very shocking because the parents were made to feel like if they didn't go along with this, from the, um, they call them the defendants, which is the doctors that she's suing um, in the California Superior Court. There's three doctors that were practicing in LA area and two medical companies based in California. Those are listed as the defendants in the lawsuit. And it moves forward, it says 90 days after the publication of notice of intent to sue on February 9th, 2023, unless this matter can be resolved prior to that time. Um, but from what it's saying, and she's on Twitter as well, it says here that, um, Chloe, the notice of intent to sue elaborates on uh, Cole's circumstances. Chloe is a biological female who suffered from a perceived psychological issue, gender dysphoria. The document states under defendant's advice and supervision between 13 to 17 years old, Chloe underwent harmful transgender treatment, specifically puberty blockers, off-label cross-sex hormone treatment, and, and a double mastectomy. Um, she does have deep emotional wounds, severe regrets, and distress for the medical system, which many of us can relate to, to the mistrust and, and not being able to trust our medical system, which is really awful. But the um, the quote here says, defendants coerced Chloe and her parents to undergo what amounted to a medical experiment by propagating two lies. First, defendants falsely informed, informed Chloe and her parents that Chloe's gender dysphoria would not resolve unless Chloe socially and medically transitioned to appear more like a male. Chloe has been informed by her parents that defendants even gave them the ultimatum. Would you rather have a dead daughter or a live son? And it also says, despite an undeniable body of relevant medical literature, defendants never once informed Chloe of the possibility, indeed the high likelihood that her gender dysphoria would resolve without cross-sex treatment by the time she reached adulthood. Defendants fraudulently concealed that information from Chloe uh, I'm sorry, defendants fraudulently concealed that information from Chloe that the only way to resolve her psychological condition was to undergo physical, chemical, and social transition to a male role. Now, when they go through and do this with these puberty blockers, they use um, 
what they also use to castrate sex offenders. Um, the same medicine is the exact same thing that they they chemically castrate the sex offenders with. And this is a child. It is our you know responsibility to protect these children. And you know the parents, I'm sure at that time, because I mean this was six years ago. And at that time, you know, this was not as prevalent here, at least on the East Coast, as it probably was on the West Coast. And it's definitely, you know, something that was still kind of new. And we've seen with like the Vanderbilt studies and what Vanderbilt was doing, they're pushing this because like me and John were discussing last night, they're making millions of dollars off of each one of these surgeries. And the whole total care, because if you do, say you have, and I see Tam was saying, you know, she had to beg for a hysterectomy. I, you know, I can, I can agree with that because they were definitely, I had a hysterectomy at a younger age because I had endometriosis and I was 26, which I wish that it would have been the doctor, you know, because I got a letter later on, the doctor said that it was actually an um, an inflamed nerve under my uterus causing me the issue. So I still wanted to have children, but because they were using, you know, and saying that there was endometriosis in my family and a lot of the women in my family had to undergo um, hysterectomies. I was like, well, I can't continue to go through this pain. So I went ahead and had it, but it was, it was still a deal at that time in 2008 to be able to have a hysterectomy and now they are you know really pushing it because they're wanting to a depopulate the earth and b they're making a fortune and you know if you go in even like for that hysterectomy it's it was not an outpatient procedure i was in the hospital for five days but then after that, there was a couple of follow-up visits. That was it. So they didn't make as much money off of me. Or say, like, even when I had my, my knee surgery done last June or July, I think it was June. Anyway, when I had my knee surgery, that's an outpatient procedure. So it's kind of a one and done. And then you do your follow-ups. And then that's it. Well, these take many, many, many visits and many surgeries. And so they're able to get a whole lot more money. And that's what I saw um, when I watched the the um, video at Vanderbilt. Uh, they were talking about how all of the visits overall, they were able to make a lot of money off of those. And so, you know, because they were using um, people were starting to go more natural and, and be more health conscientious that, you know, hospitals were starting to go under. And I think that's part of the whole COVID agenda was they made a lot of money off of that. Just like the, the pharmaceutical companies, they're making money and there's no liability held out for them because they're released because they were seeing the, um, the emergency use authorization. So they were saying, oh, well, you know, we're not going to hold these pharmaceutical companies liable. And so the only ones you can hold liable is the, is the physicians and the nurses that, that injected the people even with the COVID shots or in this case, it's, you know, with the surgery. And I saw some really bad remarks on Twitter 
about the family, about the parents of, of Chloe and how, you know, the parents should be held responsible and she should sue them. But of course, I'm sure it's liberal crats. And I was sitting there thinking and I'm like, these parents, you know, if you're not in the medical community, the parents trust these doctors that take oaths and these nurses who take oaths to do no harm. And, you know, that's the Hippocratic oath. And so while, yes, as a parent, it is our duty to protect these children and our children. When my daughter, you know, my daughter, when she was born, she she had to go to the doctor immediately because she she started turning blue. Well, it turned out she had eczema and had a reaction. And so, you know, I, I trusted what the doctor's advice was because, A, I was concerned. And so I was going by the treatment of what they said. And, you know, I didn't know. I was just going by my trust in that system. Fortunately now, and fortunately for so many of us now, we are understanding that the medical system is just that, a system. and. And it's sad because these parents, they, they were trusting that system. And that was even before, you know, COVID. And I have to say, even as a nurse, it wasn't until 2020 when I really woke up and started seeing what was going on in the medical community. And that's even me being part of that medical community, which is why I, I left. I, I stepped out and, and couldn't be a part of that. And, and so many are, you know, they're like that and they trust those people. So it's like, okay, well, how can you fault the parent when the parent are, is just trying to go by and do what they think is right? And when you've got doctors that are saying, yes, this is the only way or, or you're going to have a dead child. And recall, as a female, you know, we like to watch the Lifetime movies. Or some of us do. I don't watch them anymore. But, you know, a lot of the Lifetime movies in the 2000s were geared towards, like, gay children who committed suicide because they didn't want to come out of the closet or accept that. Well, that kind of was one of those decent, not really desensitization, but it's like that that programming that they do, you know, the psychological programming that they try to use through media manipulation and through the movies and things like that to to convince us that, oh, well, either you allow your child to be mutilated or they're going to die, you know, so it's like you're stuck. And and it's so sad because I'm sorry, I'm sorry, J.W., I didn't mean to uh, to make you cry, but it, it is very sad. And but the good thing of this, and the reason why um, I'm really sharing this and really pushing this more than than scripture. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> but you know, it's there's a good silver lining to this. It's because, I, and I've seen some others that have come out and talked about how. Um. You know, a lot of the children that were tr claiming to be transgender and had that gender dysphoria, if that's what they want to call it, well, now they're starting to come out and say, no, they're wrong. And just like with, with Chloe, 
you know, she's she's out there and she definitely needs our prayers because she's going to be attacked. You know, there's going to be a lot of attacks, not maybe not physically, but people are mean. And when they have an agenda, they become even meaner. And so she needs our prayers because the children that are coming out on this is is a good thing. It's a beautiful thing because, and that's what she was talking about in the article. And I've got it. Um, I shared it in Christ followers and um, knickknacks as well. And I think I even shared it in the Bard's room and in the um, Bible buddies room. But when these brave souls come out to speak against it, it's going to set a precedent that, you know, especially if, if the ruling goes in her favor and I don't, you know, I'm sure it's probably not really as much about the money as it is just setting that precedent and getting something accomplished for other children. And that's what she said. You know, she's really, it's not just her. She's, she's really trying to fight for the others to speak out that have been, you know, neglected or misinformed or you know, I've seen it with my daughter's best friend. Um, I think I spoke about her, you know, last night and I've talked about her before how, you know, she was identifying as a male and I've talked to her mom and I've talked to her myself and just trying to one love her, but let her know that it's not how God wants us. That's not what God wants for us. It's what the world and society is trying to say that you want. That doesn't mean that's what's right, and it usually isn't what's right. And so, um, you know, I found that very, very good that she was, you know, able to step out on that. And so I've got a scripture here that was really good. Um, just one second. It's Mark ten thirteen. It said, it starts here, and they were bringing children to him so that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it at all. And he took them in his arms and began blessing them, laying his, laying his hands upon them. Our children are a blessing. Um, Psalms 127.3. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. And they are. Another one that I have here was um, Matthew 18.3. And I'm actually going to go um, to 18, almost our 18.1. Because that's kind of in the middle of one there. And I don't like to start in the middle. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who then is this, is the is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a child to himself and set him before them and said, truly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever then humbles himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones to believe, who believe in me to stumble, it is better for him that a heavy millstone be hung around his neck and that he be drowned in the depth of the sea. Jesus, Jesus knows, 
these these children are his blessings and we are to humble ourselves to be like them. And I think that's why they're really going after the children, because the children are the purest. You know, Jesus saw that Jesus knew that they are the purest of the pure. I was reading a comment here. Yes, the family dynamics have shifted so much that men are emasculated and the power is given to the woman. And that's why a lot of the gender is getting confusing because they're trying to say, oh, well, we could be and do anything and we can to an extent. And I used to be one of those that because I was a rebellious little Georgia gal, I was like, oh, well, I can do anything a man can do. I can do anything better. You know, I think it was, uh, was it, uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank on her now. Uh, Annie, little orphan Annie, anything you could do, I can do better. I could do anything better than you. You know, that's what they were trying to do with women. And they used it from, from voting to in the sixties of losing and burning the bras. And it's, then they pulled the women out of the house and it's like, well, and I, I think it was even brought up on Brothers in the Bible on Kilt a Christian the other night about how women, and that's why I, I really, you know, thought about that as far as the pastorship. That's not my place. My place is not to be head of a man. And when you present it that, you know, present to women, especially the way that they've done with society now, they're trying to make it out to, well, all a woman can do is able to do is be barefoot in the kitchen cooking a meal. And, you know, that's not true because if you've got a, a godly husband who is leading their family, they're not sitting there demanding you to go cook them this meal. You know, they're, they're right alongside of you and, and a partnership with you to where you're one together as a unit and it that you know one is better than the other because we're not but because that's how God ordered it that's how God wanted us to be and through society and through the media through all of their propaganda you know they've started changing that just like like with sex in the city and they did that show girls and they've continued to do it and do it and do it and i think they even started it some with i love lucy you know when lucy went out to go get a job that was funny but you know they they gradually started making those changes and manipulating and they really because women are emotional beings men men are you know they're the the this isn't the, really the right word. They're the, the strong ones, although us women are too, but they're the ones that that are to be the protectors. And women are, we're nurturers. We're mothers and, you know, we're mothers of a kingdom because by raising up our children, we're raising up those, that kingdom and how we're raising them up. If we're focused on everything else, but those children those children, they're going to look somewhere to find that guidance that they're seeking. And if we're not, if they're not getting it at home, they're going to go get it from somewhere else, either on TV, through some of the music, through their friends, you know, that are also, you know, 
being, they're lacking something at home. And that was the whole purpose, I think, of, you know, just raising prices. And or at least that's what I have witnessed, you know. They continually make things so expensive to where you don't have, if you don't take the time and make the time, then the time is not just freely there like it, it was. And so you're constantly being busy, busy, busy trying to to do and make and, and provide, a, you know, a, a steady income and food on the table and a roof over your head and just the basic necessities, just like with power. Nikola Tesla was trying to give free power to the world, but they didn't want that because then they couldn't make the money off of people and it, it opened things up. But the old way of life was one of those to where, you know, they had the oil lamps and they cooked on the wood burning stove, things that didn't require the electricity and, and, and didn't require all of the income to go to this one thing. And so it, it becomes to where it's, you know, it's hard for the children to really understand who's supposed to do what. Sorry, I was reading the, the chat here. I love that, Ryan. Um, Ryan was saying, I'm away from the home more than I am home. So Angie takes the lead while I'm not there. But when I am home, there's no confusion on who is in the lead. She comes to me about everything. And I love the fact that I don't have to worry about things getting done in my absence. And that's, that's exactly what it's like. Um, Laura, if you meant to call in, call in again and I'll, I'll take a break. I just didn't know if you meant to or if it was an accident. That's exactly. And, you know, if the, the men are at home teaching the family, I, I think that's okay too. As long as that separate, not really a separation um, there, but... You know, that's the woman is, is, you know, we're supposed to have those roles where we are to seek our husbands. And, you know, I, I was one of those, like I said, I, I was like, oh, I could do anything a man can do. And I really, you know, there's a lot that I can't do. And my husband and I have have not ever been to where one overpowers the other at all. We've had a beautiful uh, marriage. We've had ups and downs. I mean, everybody gets those times, especially like the early years. I think the I think we went through the terrible twos and or the horrible twos, terrible threes. Um, but because we're in a disposable society, we don't view our marriage as disposable. We view our marriage as the partnership and as the blessing that God brought together to us one. And that's what many should be doing and unfortunately don't do. There's a lack of communication and and for the last, you know, we've been married 15 years, been together 15 years now. And, you know, for the first part of it, I've, I'd always been this strong, independent person and and never wanted to, to have to rely on a man. But the past two years, you know, I've I was the one that made the planning as far as things go with vacations and what we, you know, not really all of what we spent, but if I asked for something, he made sure that, you know, I had what I wanted and sometimes it wasn't what I needed. And 
you know, he was just trying to to maintain the peace. But recently, you know, or not recently, the last two years, I, I noticed where I was going wrong. And it was a lot in part to Pastor Tony Woods and, and uh, Bear and just going through the scripture and and seeing how that role is actually supposed to be. And then recalling back to my grandparents, my nana, and my papa, you know, how their role was. They had the traditional role like it should be. And so now I corrected that and I seek him before. And I mean, we always discuss things. It wasn't like I didn't discuss and just made decisions without him. But, you know, now it's to where he is the one that I'll, I'll say how I feel and what I'm thinking. And we discuss it, but it's ultimately him that has the decision and at Bard's Fest, um, Bear's wife, Mrs. Bear, made a very good statement to him, uh, to me, that really stayed with me. It was very valuable. And she had said something about how the man is head of the house because the man is the one that has to answer to God for how he led his home. And so if the man leads his home incorrectly, well, that man's got to answer for that. You know, um, us women don't have to. Yes, we have to answer for what we do. But as far as leading the home, that's on the man. And sorry, guys. I mean, you know, that fair or not fair, it doesn't matter. That's what scripture says. And it's correct. And that's why Bear is always very diligent on making sure that he is he tries to be, you know, scripturally sound and 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 give the the right advice based off of what Christ says, and and I respect that and value that, um, just like with you know MSM liars and MA Patriot, you know, they do the same thing. They go back to the scriptures, though the household, you know, MSM liars, he's he homeschools his boys, but him and his wife come together. Um, when it comes to the education of them and when it comes to the household stuff and he still has that head authority, even though he's, you know, he's at home with the children, but that's how their, their life works well. And that's what works good for them. And that's what they're able to do. And it's not so, like I said, it's not so much that the man is out working or the woman is out working. But that when, when the, you know, the work shift or the day, you know, is over or whatever throughout the day, you still have to have that communication and the man still has to be that authoritative figure, even like with discipline in the children, you know, so the children don't go, oh, well, you know, they go and ask dad something and dad says, oh, well, go ask your mom and they go ask mom something and mom says yes, but then dad really didn't want it well. You know, I mean, it's not, I'm just using that as an example. You know, whenever the children see that, go ask your mom, go ask your dad. We have to be firm with that and say, like when the children come to us and they are, even if dad didn't say, go ask your mom, the children try to say, oh, well, dad said to ask, ask you, even though dad already told them no about whatever it is, but they're trying to, to test those boundaries and those limits and see what they can get away with. And that's what children do. I mean, teenagers do it even more so, but that's where, you know, us as women and as mothers, we have to say, what did your father say to let them know 
the father is the head of the house. And yes, like Ryan said, you know, a united front together, that's exactly what what has to happen. And and it's very important because if it doesn't happen that way, then the children get confused. And that's exactly what, you know, they're wanting in um, you know, for society because they want everybody confused and focusing on the wrong things. Sorry, I was reading chat there. Yes, I. when they grow up, then they do grow up so fast. It's like a blink of an eye and our children are grown. That it's like, where did that time go? And we don't know. Um, but I'm going to get off of that tangent. I just, I, I felt like, especially when I asked Father to kind of guide me on where today should go and and where, you know, I, what I should talk about and, and discuss scripturally. This is kind of where he, you know, he led is that on Chloe and, and just with like how the family dynamics is and how far we've gotten away from that, that it's important to get back there. Um, I have a little section in Isaiah I want to read. It's Isaiah 65. That's where my Bible just keeps turning to. So it's time to finally get to that part, I guess. Um, the heading here, and I'm reading NASB 1977 edition. It's a keyword Greek Bible. The heading here is a rebellious people. I permitted myself to be sought by those who did not ask for me. I permitted myself to be found by those who did not seek me. I said, here, here am I, here am I to a nation which did not call on my name. I have spread out my hands all day long to a rebellious people. Who walk in the way which is not good, following their own thoughts, a people who continually provoke me to my face, offering sacrifices in in gardens and burning incense on bricks, who sit among the graves and spend the night in secret places, who eat swine's flesh and the broth of unclean meat is in their pots, who say, keep to yourself, do not come near me, for I am holier than you. These are smoke in my nostrils, a fire that burns all the day. Behold, it is written before me. I will not keep silent, but I will repay. I will even repay into their bosom both their own inequities and the inequities of their fathers together, says the Lord. Because they have burned incense on the mountains and scorned me on the hills. Therefore, I will measure their former work into their bosom. Thus says the Lord. As the new wine is found in the cluster, and one says, Do not destroy it, for there is benefit in it. So I will act on behalf of my servants in order not to destroy all of them. And I will bring forth offspring from Jacob, and an heir of my mountains from Judah. Even my chosen ones shall inherit it, inherit it, and my servant shall dwell there. And Sharon shall be a pasture, land for flocks. And the valley of anchor, a resting place for herds, for my people who seek me. But you who forsake the Lord, who forget my holy mountain, who set a table for fortune, and who fill cups with mixed wine for destiny. 
I will dust then you for the sword, and all of you shall bow down to the slaughter, because I called, but you did not answer. I spoke, but you did not hear. And you did evil in my sight, and chose that in which I did not delight. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, my servant shall eat, but you shall be hungry. Behold, my servant shall drink, but you shall be thirsty. Behold, my servant shall rejoice, but you shall be put to shame. Behold, my servant shall shout joyfully with a glee. I want it to be a gleeful heart. Sorry about that. Behold, my servant shall shout joyfully with a glad heart, but you shall cry out with a heavy heart, and you shall wail with a broken spirit, and you will leave your name for a curse to my chosen ones, and the Lord God will slay you. But my servants will be called by another name, because he who is blessed in the earth shall be blessed by the God of truth. And he who swears in the earth shall swear by God of the truth, by the God of truth, because the former troubles are forgotten, and because they are hidden from my sight. For behold, I create he- new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create J- Jerusalem for rejoicing, and her people for gladness. I will also rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people and there will no longer be and there will no longer be heard in her the voice of weeping and the sound of crying no longer will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not live out his days for the youth will die at the age of 100 and the one who does not reach the age of 100 shall be thought accursed and they shall build houses and inhabit them. They, all, they shall also plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the lifetime of a tree, so shall be the days of my people. And my chosen ones shall wear out the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity. For they are the offspring of those blessed by the Lord. And their descendants with them. It will come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall graze together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And dust shall be be the serpent's food. They shall do no evil or harm in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. So that was Isaiah 65. The other one before I end um, here, and let me may go just a little bit over, I apologize, is um, Matthew 10:24, the meaning of discipleship, because we should all be disciples. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a slave above his master. It is enough for the disciple that he become his as his teacher and the slave as his master. If they have called the head of the house Beelzebul, how much more the members of his household. Therefore, do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the darkness, speak in the light. And what you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim upon the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul. But rather fear him 
who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a cent? And yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Therefore, do not fear. You are, more, you are of more value than, any, than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who shall confess me before men, I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever shall deny me before men, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be the members of his household. He who loves loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who has found his life shall lose it. And he who has lost his life for my sake shall find it. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever in the name of a disciple gives to one of these little ones even a cup of cold water to drink, truly I say to you, he shall not lose his reward. That was red letters uh, language there. Yeah, my rooster. <laughs> I'm inside, but you could definitely still hear him. They're very loud. And and even in the rain, they. I, I see a lot of people say that their, their chickens and stuff do not like the rain. Mine are just strange birds and, and really love the rain. I don't know why, but they love it. Um, that's where we're going to stop today. I guess I did make it in, in the hour time. Yeah, he, he really is like a Gamecock. He's big. Um, he is a black sex link and um, gold wanna dot cross. Thank you, Tam. I'm, so, I'm just so glad to have everybody here and and be able to, you know, worship with everybody and, and just talk through the scriptures and, and the current events. And, you know, normally I try not to do, you know, sisters on scripture or sister on scripture, which, whichever, um, I try not to bring the daily news into it, but I felt today that, you know, especially after asking father what he wanted me to talk about and where he wanted to lead me. And then that's what he showed me on, on Miss Chloe. Um, I felt like it was important and, I appreciate y'all not minding my bad quality sound. And then, you know, we've got the extra bonus added noises in the background because there's always going to be some kind of chicken making a noise around this place. Yeah, it is topics that need to be discussed, I think. Um, it's, you know, it's really something that's, it's not always easy, but I know a lot of us, if we're not going through it with our own children and I'm, I'm blessed that my daughter is, you know, following the right way. Um, she's got a friend that, that was not. And by the grace of God, 
Um, she told me Saturday she was no longer identifying um, as a bully. And I, I don't, I'm not going to call her out by name because her mom may occasionally listen. Um, and I don't want to embarrass them or anything. But just that, you know, it's an answered prayer. It is fantastic news, Tam. Um, Y'all know, um, I've, I've spoke about it and asked for prayer on it. And it, it was a very hard topic to, to approach because I'm not her biological mom, but I do feel like a parent to her. And and, and I consider one of my children because she's, you know, she, she's been around my daughter since they were little and she's been a part of this, this house. And, you know, I, I've tried to teach them about, you know, how to pray and they were kind of confused, especially, well, not they, she was confused one day and because I was making them breakfast before they were going to work one day. And I said, oh, you got to say your blessing now because... I want to make sure you say it. And so she was like, well, I don't know what to say. And I just said, honey, you know, we'll, we'll start in a circle and we'll just kind of go out and, and say, you know, what you're, what you're thankful for. And so I had my daughter start and then I had her and then I finished it off with a good covering, you know, prayer. So that way she could kind of hear me pray out loud and bless the food out loud. So and it was more than, you know, rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, amen, or, you know, it, it wasn't. Brianna was taught, you know, to start off with for, as a prayer for her to, you know, just to learn how to start blessing the food. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. By his hands we are fed. Give us, Lord, our daily bread. Well, you know, we teach that to our children when they're young, but as they start to grow up, they they need to learn to to grow with that as well. And there's no real right or wrong way. I'm not saying there is a right or wrong way to pray or bless your food, but you know, that it changes. And so they're able to hear through us and setting that example of not that they have to say the exact same thing that we're saying, but just to be able to, to know that it's okay to just say what's on your heart. That's what God wants. Anyway, God wants what's on our heart, what's in our heart. He doesn't want fakeness. He doesn't want just mindless prayer or thoughtless prayer. He wants that devotion, dedication, and the feeling of that to come out from our heart, not from anything that we've heard from somebody else or or to even like even doubt saying, oh, well, we don't pray good enough. You know, I pray differently than some and that's okay. You know, it's not that they're better than me or I'm better than them or it's one way is right and one way is wrong. It's just that we're all different. And when we're speaking from the heart, it should all be different. And so, you know, they're able to see that through us. And I think that it's it's wonderful that we're able to, you know, open that up. And, and so slowly, you know, through the prayers for her and and through just different things going through life that thankfully by the grace of God, she's, she's changed and not trying to still identify as a boy, which she didn't go through any of the puberty blockers stuff. It was more of a, a name change and the way she was dressing and, and things, but it was something that was, was on my heart because 
like they say, you are what you eat. You're also, you know, even if you're not doing the same things as those that you are around, you pick up on those, on those mannerisms. And when you, you know, you kind of are who you hang around, you know, if somebody does something wrong, like, like say, and this is an extreme case, but if someone goes out and murders somebody, and you're there with them, even if you didn't pull the trigger, you're still an accessory to that murder, you know, so it's important that, you know, the, the children know, and even us as adults, you know, who we choose to associate ourselves with reflects in our behavior, and in our words, and, and how we treat others, and respond to others in our day-to-day -day life. If we Yes, we are to go out and to disciple and to help bring the word of God to those that are even, you know, the murderers and even as hard as it may be, the child molesters and stuff like that to get them to seek true repentance. But that isn't who, you know, I'm not going to have them over at my house for dinner. And that, you know, if they're hungry, I'll feed them. Yes. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to be a best friends with them, you know, it's just that by, by grace, we're saved. So we have to offer that same grace to others as well. And, but I, I didn't want my daughter to be thinking that it was okay for that to go on. And I know that, you know, she's not going to lose and give up her friend. So I had to find some way. And the only way I had was God, you know, praying to God and letting God move some things in, in her heart. And so it was really wonderful. I love that uh, JW47. So he says, my grandma said, come Lord Jesus, be our guest and all our gifts will then be blessed. Amen. That that's, I like that one. That one's a good one. I'd not heard that one, but it's wonderful. Well, guys, do we have anybody that needs any prayers in the chat? Any kind of prayer requests from anyone? I'm going to mute for just a second and um, give y'all a second to be able to post any prayer requests.
All right, I got those. Yes, these are all definitely good things that we need to pray on. Uh, if you're driving, please don't close your eyes about your head. We know Father knows your heart, so I don't want anybody to get injured. But if you're not driving and you're where you can stop and just take a moment to bow your head, close your eyes, we'll pray to Father. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time and fellowship of gathering together and being able to worship together your word and your son and, and you as well. We thank you for all of the blessings that you bestowed upon us. And today we come with some heavy hearts here. We lift up our sister, Nancy. Uh, she's having a, a tough time with this chemotherapy. And, and we pray that you heal her with your mighty, mighty power. We know that you, you are the ultimate healer and our ultimate physician. So, Father, we pray that you, you come and, and relieve her of this sickness that's just, just giving her such a hard time and such a fit. It's, it's been really bad that, that Father, we, we know you love her and she loves you. So we ask that you just be with her and continue to guide her and give her comfort and strength. Father, we ask for prayer for Sherbird as, as they're looking for a new job, that you lead them to the right direction and to that door that needs to be opened, that you open that one so they can continue to, to be able to go out and and do the right work according to you, Father. Oh, for homegrown gal, oh, this is this one is very heartbreaking, Father. I I pray for little Kyler Lawson, um, for his grandmother, for the family. Um, this little boy, this nine-month-old boy, Father, that's now with you. We pray for this family because this is. Uh, the loss of any life is, is huge, but when it's a little baby and a little child, it's it, it hurts that much more, Father. So please, please, Father, just help lift up this family and these, these loved ones of this beautiful baby and, and just be with this family because we know that this is a very hard time um, for them just because of of having this loss and, and a sudden loss, it's very unexpected and, and very sudden that we ask that you just be with them and and show them the love and the grace and, and your mercy, Father. And as they go to celebrate Kyler and receive the friends tonight, Father, we ask that you're with them. Father, we ask for family and friends to begin anew and and begin that with you. Christ is as our the focus and and guidance through that 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 you lead them correctly and, and you give them the ears to see our ears to hear and the eyes to see and, and the discernment that's needed in this evil, horrible, horrible world. You're constantly reminding us. Um, by, by showing us all these things that we are not of this world, but in this world. And no matter how long or short that time is, Father, we know that, that you can use us to help glorify your name. We ask that you continue to use us to glorify your name. Father, for those that are lost and, and missing something in their life, Father, we pray that you come into them 
and and you just deliver them from this darkness and bring them back into the light where they need to be because we know you love all of us and all of your children regardless of what they've done and, and what they've done in their you know continue to do that if, if they can repent and they seek you and accept you as their lord and savior we know that you will free them from that bondage of that sin and those chains that are holding them down and weighing them down. So, Father, we pray that that you reach all of them lost because we don't want any soul to be able to be claimed by Satan or evil. We want all these souls to be claimed by you, Father. I also lift up prayers for Duncan's dad and for Duncan as well as he goes um to visit his dad with his sister and be with his family father i pray that you are with them i'm so grateful to hear on on scott's cast uh box showcast last night father that there was such that miraculous um resolution between them two that he came to duncan and told him that he is the one that he trusts now and Father, I feel like you have rekindled something in them. Father, I ask that you just be with all your children and continue to guide us each day um, for safe passage throughout our day and for us to be able to speak of love and forgiveness and compassion for one another, um, to be able to know that we have differences and that you meant for us to have those differences. But out of respect for one another, we come together and we come together under under the, the glory and the banner of Jesus Christ because he gave all, gave all for us to be able to be free. So, Father, I, I thank you for that. And I pray so deeply, Father, we all pray that you just hear us, Father, and and continue to work through each of us. By his grace, we're saved. And by that blood on the cross, we are we're. We have salvation with you. Our eternity is with you in heaven, not here. So, Father, we thank you for all of the many blessings and the many gifts that you've given us. And just continue to, to grant us every day. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you all so, so very much for being here today. Um, the next one, um, as far as the Sister on Scripture, will be on Thursday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Um, the time zones are a little wacky right now with some states not observing daylight savings time, and some do. So I'll, I'll always share it on knickknacks and in Christ followers, so that way y'all know. Um Let's see, this afternoon at 4, we've got Bended Knee. And then tonight at 9, Bards FM, 10.30 p.m. will be Kilted Christian. And I think he's got the Liberty Report on tonight. And then Midnight's Fishers of Men. Tomorrow, we don't have anything down. Then Thursday at 11 a.m., like I said, will be um, Sister on Scripture. And then at 7 p.m. will be Knickknack. And at 8 p.m. is Echoes, which is going to be a beautiful one. Guys, I pray everyone has a wonderful, blessed day. I'm going to play a little short um, 
closing song here if I can get it loaded up. And I will see you all online later on. God bless you all. And thank you all for being here. Love you all.